Well, everybody knows it's about my voice now, so that's for sure. And it's a beautiful voice, that one. One of unity, one of togetherness, one of peace, one of love, you know. That's the way forward. Oga, oga. <laughs> So yeah, could the night. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me, bro. I really appreciate it. Um, I know, of course, you and I have known each other. I think what Farai, Farai introduced us, my cousin Farai Dariti. Shout out to Farai if you're going to listen to this. Um, he introduced us about, what, a couple of years ago. So it's kind of cool that we get to kind of, you know, connect again. So how are you doing? Where are you in the world right now? And what's happening? Ah, uh, well, thanks, man, for having me. Obviously, mm. big shout out to homie Farai. Hope his recovery is mm. going well. Mm. Um, Currently, I'm in Canada right now with Blender Tweedy Boys um, here in Ontario at the university. So um, things have been going well. So far, we've played one game and then we're just looking forward to the next one, which is Uruguay on Thursday. Mm. And yeah, that's uh, pretty much how things have been. Epic. And for everyone listening, I think you know, I'll, get you, I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself, but um, Kudzenai or Kate, as I call them, as I'll be calling them through, the, through this conversation. You are the owner of a company called Rising Stars Media, which is essentially like a media company that captures rising stars in sports and various other things in Zimbabwe. So you have, I guess, if I'm hearing correctly, you've been invited to Canada to, you know, record the under-20s journey as they play, I think, Canada, Argentina, and Uruguay. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, there's Canada, Chile, and Uruguay. All right, Chile and Uruguay. Good, good. Did you ever think when you started this company or Rising Stars it would ever bring you this far? To be honest, uh, not even not even if that thought crossed my mind. You know, like the main thing really was to create portfolios for athletes, because um because I never had that growing up. I'd never had someone who just followed my journey, record me as I was playing sport. So mm. I felt like it was a massive gap in the society, and I was like, no, let me just start creating profiles for people that would be looking for sports or cultural opportunities outside, and then. Obviously, we diversified as we started growing and um, started engaging in other things like doing video analysis. Because right now I'm doing video analysis. I, I code as the game is happening for the coaches. Um, mm. Also, uh, the videography work of you know, creating the content, keeping the fans engaged and everything. That's incredible. Yeah, it's. I think when we were speaking offline, I was talking about how, well, let me tell you, when I was grade six and seven i went to st john's prep and every almost most saturday the rugby season i would go and watch a a, a pe game or I'd watch a st john's seniors or st george's game like that's what i would do after like we'll go to church in the morning and in the afternoon we'll go and watch a rugby games. and i remember like i even remember this day vividly i remember going there and seeing beast when beast was at peter house i think peter house were playing PE at, at Jubilee. And and your and your grade six, these guys seem larger than life then. You're like, wow, this is a beast. Oh my goodness. And then of course, that was in high school. And then Beast went on to become who we all know as Tendam Taurida, of course, one of the best yeah. loose heads to ever play the game, you know. Um, but the thing is, we were and before he moved to South Africa, we knew how epic he was, but like there was no one who was capturing 
the yeah. detail and the storyline and the impact that he was making locally before he went abroad. So what kind of gave you that insight to be like, look, this is something that I think needs to be filled because um, not many people are doing that or not, no one's doing that right now, you know? So, so my, my background obviously is mainly centered on sports. Um, mainly I play or I've specialized in playing hockey, but back mm. then I used to play different kinds of sports from primary school. Mm. So when I specialized in hockey, uh, as I finished high school, I was applying obviously for scholarships and all of that. And mm. for some reason, the two universities that sh- should have given me scholarships were all asking for a video. Like they were saying, yeah, we've seen your CV, we've seen uh, like people giving you references, saying you're good and all of that, but we need to see a video. So I like literally lost two scholarships because I didn't have a video. So um, I just obviously stayed in the country. I started doing sports science with uh, NAS. I was doing long distance learning there. And um, mm-hmm. I think at that time, that's when I had that idea of just saying, you know what, as much of, as I've lost out on an opportunity, why not start it for other people that are still probably like in form one and grade one, grade two, so that their journey is just captured and who knows where they can get. So yeah, that was like the inception of the whole idea. Uh, it was just pretty much me losing out on an opportunity. And I was like, hey man, this could be something that could work for someone else. Dude, well done for actually turning that into, like your, um, first, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, Dan, that really sucks that that happened. Where, and where were the school? Was it, in, was it in Canada where you are now or was it elsewhere? Uh, it was in the Netherlands. I've actually forgotten the name um, right. Right. of the university, but yeah, it was in the Netherlands. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, damn, that sucks. But I can hear their point, which is like, yeah, we can see on paper, but we want to see visually. Because with, yeah. with athletes, it's a visual. Athletes are a visual product. We want to see the potential rather than on paper, you know? Yeah, because if you, if you look at it, you're going into a place where there's like thousands of players, you know, like, so what makes you different? You're just saying that you're good on paper is not good enough. You know, they want to see, okay, if you, if, if you say you're good, we need to see, we need to see mm. your proof. And mm. even when you send them a highlight, they might say, okay, we want to see the full game. Like, we want mm. to see the full game without you actually cutting it, making me look good for us. So, yeah, that's the power of video. Dude, and I think also, I just, I'm really proud that you actually saw that it was something that was important. Because we all, I mean, I told you, I went, I, we all go to those games, right? We all go to the games. We, but to see it as something that's incredible, so valuable, I need to capture it. And then also help people as a result is incredible. Are there any stories where you, of any athletes that you've helped who have kind of gone on to, you know, use this highlights packages to then turn on, you know, get scholarships and all of these various things? Yeah, uh, there's quite a lot, quite a lot. Uh, just mm-hmm. mentioned a few, Donovan TC, Tanasha Muchena, um, yeah. Ryan Alliam. There's a lot of them really from the top of my head, but if you go on our page, pretty much everybody we've made uh, profiles for have, have, has actually broken through into something. Um, some of the videos we don't post because some universities were like, you know, we just want it for ourselves, but then most of the stuff we've shot that's online, um, people have broken out and done something with their lives. It also like puts a positive spin on this idea of, you know, how, like what, it's, some parents are different. Some parents are really pro sports and they push it and they invest in it. But a lot of them don't put investment in it because you don't see what it will yield. For example, I'm in the United States now and geez, the amount of scholarships people get for sport is insane. In fact, they actually like, it's one of the most important things that they allocate money to as like a, as a budget for schools. So I think a lot of people invest in sport, even from a parent's perspective, because they know that, look, 
my child can even go to a really good school because I know they can get a scholarship. So in the same way, some of the work that you're doing is helping unlock that. Have you seen more parents kind of come reach out to you and kind of get on board as a result of the work that you're doing? Yeah, definitely. Uh, lots of parents have actually started to realize how important what we're doing is. So most of them even start working with us at an early age. We've got a couple of guys who are in grade five who are in primary school who we have mm. really started capturing uh, content for. Because mm. most of them would be like, why not just start from primary up until high school? So we see the whole thing. Um, and that's really amazing because you, you see the progression of an athlete over the years. And it's not really all about that high school break. Some, even in primary school, like from primary to high school, there are a lot of schools now that are like obviously looking out for talent. They're recruiting. Yeah, they're recruiting. Um, so like they can also use that visual, you know, from primary to kids' scholarships to go to different um, schools in, in Zimbabwe right now. So even outside the country, from primary, someone can actually go in a mm. different country, like mm. start one in the UK or States or SA. Yeah, it just depends how lucky you are, how your odds work out. I don't know if you thought about this, this, this perspective around. So I was looking at some of the work and how, and how epic it was. But then I started thinking about like, you mentioned how you go from, even from junior school all the way up until, you know, high school. There are a lot of documentaries. I watch a lot of, a lot of sports documentaries. Have you ever thought about documentaries? Because you're literally sitting on a, a hotbed of, and I think, and like the, the better and better your, your videography becomes, I'm like, geez, this stuff is really good. Like, it's really, really good. Like, you could, like it's really good. So good that if it had a storyline yeah, with, with characters yeah, that yeah. kind of like, this could, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's powerful IP that you're yeah. on that. Yeah. No, definitely. So, like you say, I, I feel like from the time we started, it was more like, because I started on a phone there. Like, I was just using the Samsung phone. Mm. And I was mm. just like, I had the passion to just create videos, but I hadn't really, like, you know, really tapped into it big time. Mm. So, it's like eight years, nine years working into it. And like you say, you know, obviously progressed, getting better and stuff. Um, that's where you started seeing stuff like the RS Weekend. RS Weekend Telescope mm. um, happening every Monday um, mm -hmm. when the school calendar started in Zim. So mm. the whole idea for that was to, we saw that we were creating a lot of content, but it was really packaged well. So mm. we're like, why not, why not just have like a little show whereby we can just package everything together and try to speak about things that we know about and things that are happening around us. Um, but the bigger vision, I can't really say now what exactly is happening. Did I give it away? Did I give it away? We do have plans like to actually have something that can uh, go international and you know go in theaters uh, in terms of production-wise. Um, so we, we're working on that. Obviously, it's a long journey. It's not going to happen like now, now. For it to be really perfect, it's going to take time. But I'm working with a lot of people as well. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's work in progress. But definitely, um, yeah, we we on that. We're on that. I, I'm telling you, I, I watched this show on Netflix called, I think, I, I used to call it called QB1. And it, and yeah, it's yeah. QB1. Yeah, and QB1, it follows like high school quarterbacks from across the country and their journey into their yeah, senior year. Good. And and then you've watched it, right? And then yeah, I was like, man, this is awesome. epic. But in the same light, like we have our own, you know, we also have our own athletes who are very talented. They're not just, and if you look at Zimbabwean athletes, they aren't just talented in a Zimbabwean sense. Sometimes when you export them abroad, they don't just fit in. Often they're actually the very, very, very top um, of, of those foreign markets. So I think 
in the rugby sense, we can think David Pocock, Beast, um, and many other people, Chenrai Chivanga, all of these people. So you're catching, really capturing those people really early. And it's quite cool to kind of see their journeys beyond, you know, when they leave. But what has, so to kind of take it back to the beginning, let's kind of try to document, I mean, the story of Rising Stars from the beginning, then I'll, in the end, I'll kind of sort of touch on your life in general. But what, you had this big problem, you said, honest, oh my goodness, I just missed on a scholarship. This is the worst thing, but, but maybe I can try and offer it to someone else so that they don't have to go through this feeling again. How did that even, what was the first step where you're like, okay, let me use my phone to do something for someone. What was like, what did you buy? How did you start? And how did you kind of get, how did it snowball into what it is right now? I think uh, I'd like to say, God actually gives people visions as they occur. And I think I'm just grateful that, you know, I think I saw the light then. I think it was just a matter of God reflecting on what I needed to do. I really didn't know how big it was going to grow, but I just, okay, fine, let me just start doing videos. Because when I looked in the industry back then, there was mm. a lot of people doing uh, photography work. And I was like, um, let me maybe mainly focus on video as much as I want to focus on photos. Um, I think I was more interested in doing videos than photos. Mm. Obviously, mm. you have um, trying to do everything, but my main mission was just to say, let me do videos. Mm. So yeah, I just picked up a phone and I was like, um, I remember this one guy was actually in Aussie right now, Forbes Aussie. Uh, mm. We went to Irondale, he was a hockey player. He still was actually playing hockey. He's actually doing well in Australia, playing mm. hockey Forbes Aussie. And I remember just being at Irondale there, just with the phone, just taking everything, taking everything, mm. taking everything. <laughs> I had, <laughs> at the time I had, um, I had a Windows machine. So I was using, um, Windows Movie Maker, which is like the default program. <laughs> and man, like, yeah, we just made it work, chopped it up, chopped it up, put it out there, and it did work. It did work. Because sometimes um, the storyline is king. Storyline is always important. It might not be the best video, but if, if, if the storyline is making sense, then definitely anyone will relate to it. Mm. And it won't even go viral. So mm. I think I wasn't really concerned about the quality or like, whether my work was the best, I was just concerned about the storyline. And mm. yeah, that just grew from there. So you had this phone and then then eventually that kicked away. Like, oh, hang on, maybe I'm onto something. Maybe I should then get bigger. Because right now, it's, was it a company in the beginning or was it just an idea? Like, let me just do this for this one client or, or my yeah. friend, you know? It was, it was an idea for starters then. Obviously, I had very good mentors that just told me, you know what, you should register it, um, make it official. So then, yeah, we did all the paperwork and then I should be grateful to a lot of people that have really helped me because um, mm. I really didn't have funding when I started. I've mm. got a lot of people that backed me up, people that even gave me their own cameras, you know, their own equipment, their own tripods, obviously. Right, they right. They know themselves. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people that have really helped me just because they saw the vision, they saw the potential that we had and they're like, no, they just were planting seeds and we're just hoping that things will grow. So I mm. think that, that's also one thing that kept us going because we're like, we can't let these people down, you know? So, mm. Uh, mm. As much as we don't want to let ourselves down, we also should push for them. So, yeah. Mm. And then at what point did you think like, you know, I think we have a thing here. I um, think we have a thing there has to be a moment where we're like, time. like, this is... <laughs> so there was this day... Um, it was a P and St. John's match, and we were we wanted to get the video out real quick, right? So as the game finished, 
I went, I started doing the edit, but we made a mistake on the audio. <laughs> the audio wasn't like going really well. Mm. But for some reason, that video blew up. It blew up crazy, eh? Mm. And then mm. I was like sitting with my friends and I'm like, guys, so we made a mistake here, but this thing is actually going viral. Mm. So this means a lot to us, you know, this, mm. this means a lot to us. I think from that day onwards, we just knew um, everybody wanted to see this particular type of style or this type of content. Mm. I, we knew we had lots of work to do in terms of how we want to present it or how we want it to be more engaging. But I think that particular time was when, because we made a big mistake and mm. I'm sure if you're watching the video, you would not want to have bad audio. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Bad picture quality than have bad audio. Mm. So yeah, I think that was a turning point, and yeah, we just kept going. And I'm curious about how you. So I've, so I've spoken to a bunch of people that have become filmmakers or literally will create content, and they haven't really gone to school for it. They just kind of pick up a camera. Even Windows Movie Maker. I've spoken to a couple of people on this podcast itself. Or like, man, I just had this idea. I had a phone and Windows Movie Maker, and that's what it was. Where do you go to, who do you, who do you learn from? And the reason I ask is when I look at some of your guys' content, it's like, it's so up close. It's like, I'm there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like, you know, and there's, and it, it touches on like the nuances of, I'm a rugby guys, you know, and like, you know, when people run through the tunnel or yeah, when yeah, there's the, bagpipe, yeah. the bagpipes playing at St. John's or there's the yeah. flares at St. Like, it's so the details of being like where do you guys learn that from is just that intuitive or do you guys like copy someone um, i think it's the culture that i was brought up in um like the schools that the school that i went to from primary to high school as well i felt like mm -hmm. i grew up in a culture that made me realize the importance of uh, what me, what it means to have pride for your school so for me mm -hmm. if i'm filming anything i'd want to if i'm a church for example i'd want people from church to engage and being uh, like a bulldog. If I'm a mm. John, same thing. I want people mm. to say I'm a Ram or P Tigers, um, Pitals, Kings, Falcon, all of those mm. guys, even Wise Owl, or any school that I'm at. Mm. Um, if I'm in Guadzana, same thing happens. Mm. So mm. I feel like I always want people to relate and have pride in where they came from. And that's always a challenge every time I'm filming and saying, how can I make the the fan or the alumni say, you know what, let me pick up my bag, go back to school and maybe sponsor something. Or maybe, um, you know, help out these kids, this school or like this team, whatever, you know, that's always the perspective that I have when I film. So that's why you see the detailed shots of like, you know, the logos or like the horses or like oh, kids singing, all of that. It's just to get you in that moment. And yeah, it's, we, we, we're not yet there, but yeah, we're working. Working towards, working towards yeah really close even from the war cries to the it just takes me back you know what i mean it just takes you back to to what it's like being at a game day um and and what's also unique is that there's nowhere in the world where it's like that specifically so i think that's a of course south africa has a big school boy rugby team, but we Zimbabwe has a very different style in how it celebrates hockey and rugby or just culture and I think tapping into that has been something that you guys are you're doing really, really well and they're gonna keep getting better at. Um yeah. and who is we? Um of course, yeah, it takes you started off by yourself, right? But of course, as you grow, you have to kind of expand the team out. I can imagine who's in the team and who kind of came alongside you as you grew this thing. Um, so 
there is four main guys that are in the company and mm -hmm. uh, we obviously work with a lot of individual people that work within the projects that we have depending on how big the project is we always outsource other people yeah. and we obviously have partnerships with different media houses um so like at a point if say we're doing a live stream um mm -hmm. and we need 12 people to be on on site obviously mm -hmm. we know we need to collaborate with other people because no man is an island um yep we, we, we just try to create those relationships and yeah we go like that i don't know if you know if you want to name specifically but yeah no it's good to, or do, if they listen to this but they want to hear the names on the recording <laughs> okay for sure shout so, them out shout them, them out. out yeah for sure Takuz on the same game he's actually yeah. one like if you follow his handle he's amazing the way he catches yeah. the stuff um yeah. you check him out on instagram cascas there's tofazu shanakira mm -hmm. um nathan yeah those lads um they're pushing us forward every single time awesome and shout out to the guys that are listening as well um because the work they're doing is awesome of course case like you're doing all this cool stuff with rising stars but how do you balance time for i know you you play hockey as well for the national team how do you balance all the content you're shooting but then also with the national hockey team and then how do you even get into the national hockey side as well like that process there how do you balance the two and how did you get into it um so like any sport obviously um there's trials that happen they're always mm. like um scouts that are always looking out for players during the mm. season so yeah there are people that are always following the journey of any player um, mm. so yeah that's pretty much how obviously you can make it as long as you're doing your part being a player um you will get a chance to be looked out on and hopefully make the side balancing it has been really difficult because obviously the times where you need to put food on the table and mm. you know, you're mm. But at the same time, you love playing sport. Like I love my hockey, and even representing my country is always an honor. Um, so I always try my best. To, whenever I am available, I try to do the work behind the scenes and also on the field, and just to make sure that you know I represent the best part. So mm. yeah. And with regards to what, how does? Let me just put it this way. So I. I I read a, a while ago that I think I'm not sure if it was 1994, but I think the I think Zimbabwe women's hockey once won Olympic gold. I don't know if it's Zimbabwe or Rhodesia. Someone once won Olympic gold. I actually have to just fact check that. But the point is, we we have system for hockey in place so much so that people won medals at at the Olympics. I think gold, if I'm not mistaken. Um, where is it now on a, on the men's side? Um, because we have all of the structures. Where is it now, and you know, in terms of ranking level, and what's holding it back if it's not as optimal as it could be? Um, ranking is definitely still work in progress, um, but we are going in the positive because now there's more turf fields being put out in Zim. I feel like the major thing that's been holding us back is just the infrastructure because a lot of mm -hmm. the times we're practicing on a different surface, and then we start playing international matches, we have a whole different I mean, service was the turf. So that was kind mm. of like us adapting on game mm. But mm. now things are different in that. I feel like the group that has huge potential are people in primary school right now because they're starting playing on turf. And mm. the time that they reach 18 or 20, surely they'll have better experience than we have. Because some of us just caught, you know, 
playing on turf right in the middle, like after high school. <laughs> Whereas some countries were already playing turf from kindergarten. So um, I feel like the shift is going well. It's just a matter of time, but definitely our ranking is going to move up. Uh, we have uh, a tournament coming up at St. John's. Uh, the men's will be playing Zambia and Malawi. And the mm-hmm. ladies will be playing. Um, there's an addition of Namibia in that and Malawi mm-hmm. and as well. So that's uh, that'll be at St. John's from the early the first month to the sixth of September. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I wanted to figure out what keeps you in it. Because I you saw the thing, right? And then you said you've been doing this eight, nine years. What was the point? You mentioned the point which you said, okay, geez, this is going viral. Like, whoa, there's something we're on to here. We need to just keep working at. What, what, two questions. What keeps you in it? Of course, if you've built a business around it, but of course it's, it's a hard work, right? We can't get away from the creating content is a lot of work. What keeps you in it? I feel like um, for some reason I have, I just have this buzz of just wanting to create something new every single time and keeping people engaged. So like, I feel like I get excitement from just creating content, like just the, the process actually keeps me engaged. I think I love mm. the process of just, you know, creating the visual, creating, um, you know, the, the ends of the whole thing, the production mm. cycle. But also, I feel like it's also a way to create um, employment for a lot of people as well, because obviously it's just not me who wants to, to, to be in this. I know a lot of other people are definitely wanting to be part of... Uh, um, such media houses sometimes it's really hard to get in other media houses you know so we, mm. we try to make it easy we try to make it relatable to guys that are still in school I mean like right mm. now we have a lot of um, guys that are leaving school that are applying and want to be part of the system and that's a great thing because already they're seeing the value of wanting to be part of the structure and mm. it's not really about just shooting videos even people that do writing you know journalism because media is mm. just not true. Mm, also mm. guys that write articles um because that's also one area we want to get in because there's some areas that don't have internet areas that don't even have wi-fi so we're like okay how mm. can my work mm. get to those areas you know so you need articles maybe a newspaper that can get go to those areas so yeah lots of um things that really keep it intact and uh yeah i think that's just the driving force to you know, to create something mm. big for everyone that will come through and also be part of the system. Mm. And was there ever a day where you said, you know, I'm done? Because with any, with any, um, with any bro, like, bro, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest. It hasn't been an easy journey, like especially uh, where we come from. Like for some reason, as much as people support you, sometimes there's some people that really want to see you fail, you know, and people that don't wow. want to see you go forward. And I feel like as you go on your journey, you end up developing just thick skin to just go through the negativity that you might face, you know, everything that might be, people that might be trying to bring you down, people mm. that might be fighting the system. Mm. So it hasn't been easy to be honest, because you know, as much as people see the potential, some people would be like, you know, we don't want this company to go there. We don't want this company to go there. But, you know, God is for us all. Sometimes, you know, if God says mm. yes, no man can say no. So we just keep pushing and we, we know for a fact that for some reason, the negativity that we might face is, obviously some, some of it is positive criticism. Let me, let me be honest, mm-hmm. it's positive mm-hmm. criticism, mm-hmm. Um, but it just drives it forward. So 
has there been a point that made me feel like I should stop? Uh, definitely not. Uh, it was just maybe adversity, but it comes and goes. But yeah. Comes with the territory. With, with, unfortunately, well, yeah. unfortunately, with anything great, when every time I build anything great, there will always be people who try and tear it down. Yeah. And it's and yeah. it sucks that it works that way, but that's just the way it is, unfortunately. You know? Yeah. But you know, kudos but that you guys keep pushing and keep getting better and get getting better. Um to take it back, of course, there are all these positive things that are happening and all these you know great things that you're doing. I'm trying to go back to, you know, case when you was a kid. What did, you know, where were you born? Where did you grow up? And what did you want to be when you were a kid? Okay, so I was actually born in Harare. Mm-hmm. But then my family moved to the countryside where in Mashikade, um, mm. Bankhead to be specific. Yeah. So, yeah, I did my primary school there. Um, did a mm. lot of sports. Um, hockey, rugby, cricket, swimming. Mm. Mm. Um, I was head boy when I was in grade seven. Um, then came to Harare and then mm-hmm. yeah that's when I started my high school. Um so funny thing is when I got to high school I was with table and then uh, other sports were like taken up like uh cricket had so many mm-hmm. people there I could not get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I went to the rugby ah same story when I got mm-hmm. to hockey first session I was made captain so I was like hey man why am I even <laughs> I was like why am I even fighting to go and play? You know, these are the sports. Let me just anchor here. And yeah, that was my, yeah. so I just because sometimes if you're in a very big sports, yeah, you might play so many sports, but most people just end up doing one or two sports and mm. yeah, that's cool. Mm. So for me, I was happy doing just that and also doing some clubs on the side. So that mm. made me certain with playing hockey and yeah, growing up like that. So that was your so when you were great, so that was your thing. Did you want to be a hockey player per se, or, or um, do you even know or not really? To be honest, um, all right, my 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 parents really wanted me to be like a doctor or like a lawyer. Of course. I think of that's course. what they saw me to be. Like and for some reason <laughs> I was tapping into the vision, you know, like they're like, yeah. you need to be a lawyer or like a doctor or like, you know, all of those right. Patients. Right. But right. I turned out to be someone else. <laughs> yeah, I turned out to be someone else. Yeah. Did you know though? Did you know what you wanted to be? Or, or were you um, sometimes you don't always know, you know? I think I was leaning to sports. I think I was I was yeah, now I remember. I, I was actually just saying I wanted to be a cricket player for some reason. I remember saying I wanted to be cricket every mm. single time. And no man, that didn't happen. <laughs> but sport, but but did you, did you play cricket whilst at PE or just mainly hockey? Um, it was mainly in primary school. Yeah, big time in primary school. When I got to PE, it was very competitive, and like yeah. obviously I was in the countryside, so yeah. the coaches mainly knew guys who were in Harare because obviously it was a small circle. So yeah. like those kids that were in Harare were really like taking up all the positions. So breaking in, into that circle of kids Political. that were in Harare and coming from the countryside was really hard. So, yeah, it was always fighting for, like, number 10, 11, 10, 11, the cricket side. And I was like, man, what am I doing? <laughs> mm, yeah. mm. Why force it? Fair yeah. Um, do you feel like, I think a lot of where we come from influence a lot of who, how we operate in the world. Though you were born in Nari, you grew up, of course, initially in, in the countryside in Majika Day and in Bankit. Do you feel like that had a big influence around how you navigate in the world now? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so because I grew up in a place whereby 
the things that are taken for granted, like in in the main cities, they are mm. cold in the countryside. So mm. I always knew the value of appreciating the small things. I think mm. you know, growing up in a in a farm, like for example, I was I was on a tobacco farm. So like mm. you you're socializing with so many different people who've come from different walks of life. Mm. And that really like humbled me at a very early age to realize that you know if you don't look down upon anyone, um, mm. whether they're coming from you know the gutter or they're coming from you know a rich mm. background, it doesn't matter. Mm. Every person should be created equal. But unfortunately, mm. sometimes society has its own thing of segregating everyone. Mm. But I think growing up in that environment of being on the countryside really made me realize the, the importance of just being humble and just to appreciate the small things in life. Because I feel like sometimes we, we don't look at the journey. We don't appreciate the process of the journey. We always are saying, ah, when I get this, when I get this. Mm. But mm. at times, you should actually appreciate the process and realize that you know, the process is actually part of the journey. You know, so mm. Mm. yeah. I like that there's this, I read this book, the Steve Jobs book, and he talked about how the journey is the reward. Yeah. That is the reward. You Sometimes you want the shiny thing at the end of, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But the, yeah. the journey in between now and the pot of gold, that is the thing. Like, that's the most right. important thing. Um, and being mindful of that is what's most important. But of course, there's, of course, it's always important to have a shiny thing to aim towards and say, okay, that's where I want to go. Uh, with you guys and your team, what do you guys see for Rising Stars? What do, is there? You, of course, you start off very humbly, then you realize, oh, hang on, we're actually quite good at this. Maybe there's a world in which we can do this. Because, of course, there's Rising Stars, but then I saw that there's, there's Rising Stars Academy, you've got like a hockey team. And then, of course, you've got, there's just a lot of different, then you also do some community work and buy them. I'm like, okay, this is actually like a very multifaceted entity um, that has a lot of. And that has a lot of potential. What do you guys see as like the big, you know, thing? Yeah, so um, I think looking at the academy side of things, we would, obviously we've got a hockey club for, and a soccer club that's just starting. Mm. Um, I think on that side of th things, on the academy part, we want to nurture your talent on grassroots level mm. and try to, you know, get people from grassroots, different skills of life to just get opportunities that everybody should be getting. And mm. then on the production side of things, um, obviously, as much as we have our own strengths in terms of what we know we do well, we want to really be our overall production house in terms of creating content um, for any local or international market and obviously featuring our products everywhere. Uh, yeah. You know, like there's a lot of foreign streaming wants to buy African content. So just keep that in mind as you, as you, as you guys create. There's a lot of stuff you can, maybe not, but you know, people are looking for content to buy. So yeah. the stuff that you guys are sitting on that could be really packaged in a particular way that could add value to not just to yourself, but to everyone involved, you know. Um, having an up close and in-person uh, view, if I can call it that, to athletes, specifically rising from urban athletes, what do you think is missing from really, you know, accelerating or really helping helping our athletes? Because I think there's this big thing where we're extremely talented as athletes, right? But we, we aren't always dominant. 
sometimes we, we here and there we dominate, but we aren't always dominant. What do you think is missing from being up close and personal? I think we don't have the support that we should be getting. I mean, like, you don't have structures that really support any athlete. It's really difficult to be playing certain sports because you have to pay, for example, to be doing something. You have to use your own monies to be doing certain things. Mm. If you really want to be good, you have to maybe fly down to SA to get certain mm. uh, types mm. of training. So mm. if we had support, a supporting system in every discipline, in every sport, mm. in any cultural uh, activity, um, I think that would really help all athletes not to always be looking elsewhere to get things or always having to pay out of their pocket to do something because, I mean, mm. really things are tough and you mm. have to pay to play or pay to get something mm. out of your way. I think it's really difficult. Mm. So I think the corporate support, the government support is definitely needed to just help our athletes to you know, have a hub of excelling. And mm. we only have like, uh, you know, in our structures that can help us play sport all year round. Um, mm. If it's raining, sometimes we can't even do certain sports. If it's like, mm. you know, so I feel like we need strategy builds that can help us, you know, engage and move yeah. to the next one. Yeah, because talent's there. I mean, I saw, I was watching the Canada game. I mean, you and Canada now, and we, I yeah. think I know the, the junior under 20 is the rugby team. They beat, well, they won the the bot the bot is the trophy exactly and then they got invited to play in, you know in canada and it was convinced like obviously the canada came back in the second half but it was pretty clear who was the yeah. the better team it wasn't a question it was very exactly. clear you know and 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 you're looking at guys that are coming from areas of you know different backgrounds mm. and they're competing with people that have everything right in front of the table mm. so you look at it and you say what could happen if resources were poured into this team or this kind mm. of athlete? Where could we mm. get? Mm. So, mm. so much potential, but the backup is what's needed now. So, structures, systems, direction, vision, funding, all of these things to tap into it. Yeah. It's unfortunately, yeah. sorry to cut you, but unfortunately, yeah, yeah, good. Most of our athletes are fighting to leave the country. Like, if they're playing sports, if I go to uh, another country, it's all good. But in other countries, they actually stay in their own country. You know? They don't even go anywhere else. They, they're invested there. So it's always going to be difficult to say if there's trials happening and kids are being called from all over to come and play for Zim. It's going to be difficult because one, they're paying their own way to come. They might say, I don't have the money to come back or vice versa. Mm -hmm. So mm. if there was a way whereby we could always keep our athletes in the country, I don't know. I know that's just a dream, but <laughs> if that could happen, <laughs> that would be yeah. really perfect. I mean, it would be competitive in so many levels. So yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a tricky one because, and of course, you might also feel complex. You're like, oh my gosh, this person is doing so. I'm making a package for them, and then he's reached out to you like, oh my gosh, case. I've got three scholarship offers from this school, this yeah. school, and this club. And you say, they can see it, they are funding it, but we're kind of, so we're letting it go. Um, and then, you know, that person might play for Canada or might play for Netherlands or might, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which is tough. And I, 
I have this analogy I always said to, not to a friend where it feels like we're a factory that exports the, the thing we export really, really well is talent. Like in terms of we, we groom them, go to education, give some training, put them in a system, train, and then they leave right for the picking. And then the other countries just do like the last few touch-ups. They're just the last two touch-ups. And then we just walk in at a global level and excel. And it hurts yeah. to say like, man, imagine we did all that work. And then of course they did two years of training and then they're benefiting off the, yeah. you know? So it's kind of finding a way to harness it and kind of retain it. It's tricky though, but it's, yeah, but it's, it's, but it's, but it's very tricky, but it's honest. Obviously it's everyone looks for Pina Pasha. Everyone looks for Pina Pasha. Of course, so. of course. Yeah. Well, you know, all you can do is your part right? and you're doing your part to help, just to help people. I think the biggest yeah. thing that, that I like about your story is that you used your adversity to kind of help other people not have to go through the same thing. Um, yeah. And then hopefully they can then pay it forward as well to someone else in, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Hopefully, hopefully. Um, but with regards to like what I always do to kind of bring it full circle, I touch on what I call the moment story, which is as a, as a content creator, you would know about storytelling. A story is made up of many acts. Um, and to, to shift this moment story, I guess, for the better, what does it look like for you? I feel like everybody has to tell their story. I think um, everybody has to put their story out there and um, you never know who it might inspire. It doesn't matter what you're doing or where you're coming from or whether you're shy to actually share your story. I feel like you sharing your story is going to empower someone to actually get up and do something with their life. Because um, I'm sure you've met so many people that have been like, hey man, ever since you started the podcast, you're inspiring me, man. You know, you've inspired me to start something because you never knew how many you you're sitting on it maybe for like years <laughs> thinking about doing it. Now that you're doing it, a lot of people are coming to you and say, Hey man, this is really dope. Thanks for putting mm. it. So mm. I think everybody has to stand up. Everybody has to have their name counted because mm. you standing up is going to raise the people behind you. And mm. you're gonna like just shift the culture and everybody will hear our story. We can't be getting people from abroad coming to Africa to tell our stories. We have to tell our own stories um, mm. and, you know, get the voice out there every single time. Respect that. I respect that. Case, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, my brother. I appreciate it. All the best on all your endeavors out there in Canada and, and beyond and in Zimbabwe and wherever. And we'll continue to keep following and supporting. Oh, yeah. But how can people support you? That's the thing I always end off with. How do people, how can people help you? What do you need um, help yeah. Well, if you follow the journey, it's more than help. Right. Help by uh, following our pages um, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Sharing. Uh, sharing, sharing on, yeah. I think mm. you just following the journey is good enough, good enough, because we appreciate everybody who likes our stuff, who shares, everybody who comments, all of that. We really appreciate it. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks so much, my brother. Have a great day. Thanks a lot for having me. Appreciate it. Chaga Uri
confess That I had never been so jealous to To feel the stress Every morning, every morning, every morning, every morning, my back with 
Pandino Muka, oh yeah, Exeni.